All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Jason. I'm with the Patriot Trading Group. Joe has been on uh, vacation here recently, and then uh, I had a little bit of a sideways day or two yesterday and Wednesday. So I, uh, uh, we had to, we just ran some repeat shows. You know, you can't can't control everything. Can't <laughs> everything can't be exactly the way you want it. But uh, I am here. I am here. I'm, I'm ready to do some radio. We're gonna do the. Talk a little bit about gold and silver. I'm going to talk a little bit about central banking history. I, I really want to retouch on the, uh, the the American history. If you see it through central banking, uh, it's a little different history than uh, than what we learned in the books growing up at school. You know, you, you have an idea of what you think things are, are and how things are, and then you look at how events throughout our history are shaped on financially who's in control. It gives you a, a kind of a Kind of a, actually a more stronger understanding as to why things happen the way they did. So I'm going to do that. I got my uh, I got my compatriot here, Brian, uh, on the air with me. Brian, are you there? Good morning. <laughs> yep, I'm here. I don't know how to disconnect one of your guys. I'm going to mute one and just try that again. Is this me? There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You're on there twice, and then you sound like Megatron when they both come in. <laughs> well, we don't want Megatron because that sounds too much like Omicron. <laughs> That's exactly right. So yeah, we had some snow here in Colorado, uh, and uh, so I got Jack out there shoveling for me so while I uh, t- take uh, take control in the control room here. But Brian, it's been a, quite the opening to 2022. Uh, yeah, we finally got snow coming in. Arizona sounds much more like a, a place I'd rather be than uh, Colorado with with the snow we've gotten. Yeah, Mother Nature trying to catch up for no moisture for three minutes, three I, months. I don't know if this is what we're going to be looking at for the next three months. I hope not because I can't deal with this much snow. It's not even a ton of snow. It's just, I don't know. It's just like as soon as you're like getting over the one snow, then we got another layer that comes in and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's Colorado. We'll, we'll eventually get through it. And you add single digits to that, just adds to the experience. I'm Absol- hearing an echo. Throw me off. Oh, let me. Uh... Okay. Maybe that'll fix it. <laughs> um, uh, just to let you know, uh, the, uh, the office in Arizona, the, their Internet is out. Uh, I don't think that'll affect the customers all that much. Kind of oh, affects no. our side of it. Uh, the, call, the number to call for gold and silver is 800-951-0592. And, uh, man, uh, some things going on. Joe's, Joe's going to come in on Monday and just start yelling and screaming about how crazy things are going to get. Uh, let me uh, let me take a look here because the Dow has been suffering, and there's a reason for that. Yes, yes, there's been down, downward pressure on the markets, the S&P, the uh, NASDAQ, and the Dow. Uh, gold and silver has, uh, had, a, had, a, had a big down day yesterday. Let me check. I think it was flat today. Let me take a look, which is a good thing. Any day that, that gold is flat right now is actually a good thing, and I'll explain this. Before we get into it, you know, I got gold up four dollars, and I got silver almost exactly flat. It's down two cents. The Fed minutes were released uh, on Wednesday, and they basically uh, uh, many of the Fed, uh, ch- you know, the chiefs of those, you know, the, of the, the twelve Fed heads, they uh, 
They want to sell assets, so they, they you know they're tapering. We're, we're tapering right now. With the tapering, they're uh, they're going to have they're going to stop buying by March, and then they're going to raise. They're going to start raising interest rates. Three, they, you know, they they say three times in uh, 2022, three times in 2023, and two times in 2024. So the, the lowest that the interest rates will be uh, in 2024 will be two percent. Uh, this is obviously to try to get a hold of inflation, but I think when they start raising interest rates, which could be March, they are going to start selling their their balance sheet, which has gone close to $9 trillion. The markets have immediately started selling off. It's why gold was sold off a little bit yesterday. You may see days where, the, where gold and silver goes down. But the other markets are really going down. Bitcoin went down. The, the, the stock market is down 2 3%. Uh, they're, you know, the stock market can't handle the balance sheet of the Fed going down, the interest rates going up, and the, and, and and not purchasing, purchasing, purchasing more stuff, and the, the you know the the zero percent interest rates and, and the the addiction to this free money, it's coming to an end. So, uh, no matter what gold does, it goes down a little bit, goes up a little bit, whatever it does, this is you are really on the cusp of of not getting in when it's really really cheap. The number to call is 877-488-1360 if you want to jump in on some gold and silver. Brian, uh, you and I, we've done quite a few shows over the last four years or so, and and, uh, we've we've covered the whole, you know, uh, central bankers, they've... Even when they didn't have a central bank, uh, they, they've been they they kind of float around the scene. They're always always testing you know t- uh, t- testing all the the weak points of, of America and trying to get their bank put into place. And then in 1913 they got it. Uh, just just a bunch of leeches, blood sucking leeches that just suck uh, suck the time and effort and money out of, out of the uh, the citizenry, Brian. And they they produce nothing. Never ending probe attack to. You figure out where things are, when to make their moves. Absolutely. So when we get back from the first break, I'm going to talk about American history through central bankers. You know, through through uh, central banking, we're going to talk about how uh, how hey we you got these colonies over here, and they were uh, yeah they were wanting freedom from from England and Europe, and well, what did we end up with? What how how, how do we get there and and, and what did we end up with? And it's, 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 it's interesting history. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we get back. Stay tuned. This is uh, the Patriot, Patriot Trading News Hour right here on 1360 KHNC and on KXXT in Arizona. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Your co-host, Jason Bryan, filling in for the man. He'll be back Monday. Worry not. But, uh, yay, we made it to Friday, the 7th of January, 2022. Never a dull moment. Just going to try to make it through my four hours of radio, Brian. That's a, that's I, I'm going to make. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to push through this whole thing. <laughs> I, I do. I do feel a lot better to, today. So I'm. Uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's one of those things. You know, I, uh, you're getting sick or getting a little bit off a little bit, and it's like the whole world is coming to an end. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's the biggest game of cooties in human history. And if you have a sniffle or you have low energy or body aches or a fever, and suddenly you're like this can this this ostracized, you know, leper that needs to be, needs to be <laughs> taken out of society, you know, Brian, but I remember almost not quite two years ago that one of the jokes was that, uh, allergies is going to turn into, uh, the oh. Salem witch trials. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. Boy, does that sound like the truth? Yeah. Boy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 
You know, we, we have this thing called the Federal Reserve Bank. It really is the scourge of the earth. It is the main source of, uh, of, of uh, slavery to uh, modern-day Americans. And, and, this, and all the other countries uh, that are industrialized, almost all of them have their own central banks that work with ours. It's a big club, and we ain't in it. So I'm going to, you know, Brian, I'm going to go over some, some history as, as uh, the people of European countries in England, they, they were sick and tired of not having religious freedoms, not having uh, economic freedoms. You know, they just, they were working for the king, doing everything that the king wanted. And, and suddenly this new world was found. And... Well, wow, look at this. It's this empty country. Of course, there was, there was Indians there, but, I mean, basically, this, this, this vast land of opportunity. But you have to go to this untamed wilderness, and you have to, you have to, work, you have to work hard on to make it civilized, right? Brian, you have to, you have to, you have to do the, the necessary things to make this new land become a civilization. Um, so... What ended up happening? Dangerous. Free, free, freedom, freedom can be dangerous. That's for darn sure. Freedom can be, yeah. Freedom, freedom comes with risk. Safety comes with slavery. I mean, that's that's basically what it is. So, the Bank of England was the controlling arm of of, of England, and there was uh, the Rothschilds had banks and all of these, you know, Euro, you know, these European nations, and this was a big problem for them because suddenly people were going to go there and potentially become their own rich banker types and and, and uh, be out from the control of of them so this this was a problem so as the colonies developed uh, the bankers loved stealing the assets of the colonies you know you, if you were a colony you, you had a, a successful business you know a farm a mine or something the taxes and the financial grip of the central bank of england made it look like the king of England, King George, was, was the great evil. Well, the King George didn't make decisions. It was the Bank of England that made decisions. And if the Bank of England wanted the riches uh, brought to them, they would make it happen. And so so the colonists putting all this work and time and effort in, into building this new nation, it was being stolen from them. So that's why you ended up with the, you know, the Revolutionary War, you know, the War for Independence. And after so-called winning the war, which you could say maybe uh, we didn't win the war because there was debt. There was Now there was this new country with debt. We had the new constitution. There was immediately a central bank put into place. Alexander Hamilton stopped Thomas Jefferson from having an amendment to the constitution, taking from the new government the power to borrow money. Alexander Hamilton made sure that that was not put into the constitution, and now you still have this possibility, if they can get their central bank, that they can start stealing from the citizens. So, Brian, they, uh, well, uh, in, in uh, 1791, the first central bank, just a couple of years after the Constitution was ratified, uh, you have a 20-year charter for a central bank. And immediately, the problem they already had with England and the European nations, they already created upon themselves, Brian. You have the central bank like a like a serpent just waiting in the grass, waiting for their opportunity, for their moment. 
So you know what ended up happening is near the end of this twenty-year charter, the colon, you know, the the new colonies, the new uh, United States of America, the states were uh, just disgusted with the central bank. Uh, even the newspapers at the time, which weren't com- completely controlled by the bankers, were on the side of uh, of the people in the states. So the the end of the twenty-year charter is eighteen eleven. And by one single vote in Congress, because the bankers wanted to renew the charter, well, by one vote they decided to decline the central bank. We, I don't think we really need you. We're going to try it ourselves. The Rothschild bankers in England said, look, you must renew our charter or there will be war. If you ever wondered why it's, it's the War of 1812 and not the War of 1809 or the War of 1814, the reason it's the War of 1812 is because in 1811 we got rid of their central bank. And now England decided to come attack. I mean, if England wanted their colonies back, they could have attacked us, Brian, in like 1805, right? They could have attacked us in 1810, right? No, they attacked us in 1812, didn't they? Yep. 1811 is when we got rid of their bank. So what ends up happening with the War of 1812 is by the end of that war, there was now war debt. So America's so-called, just like the, 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 uh, the War for Independence, we so-called beat the British again when, in the War of 1812, a, a war in which we won almost no battles. It's interesting how you win a war when you, don't, you win, almost win no battles. But at the end of that war, we had massive war debt. So guess what the, the, the federal government decided to do? They got the second bank of the United States. They, uh, they did another central bank in 1816, a 20-year charter. Isn't it interesting that these wars so far early in our history are all focused around central banks and money? <clears throat> well, but the but the way the history books tell it, it's all about the kinetic, the the the, the actual the physical war, as opposed to the financial war that, that's waged that's uh, rarely given any attention. That that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, well, now we got this second bank of the United States, you know, and now they're uh, you know they're really going to do their best to really take advantage this time around and we get we start moving towards the end of that charter and, and now there's more economic strife and problems and you have the election of Andrew Jackson in 1828 Andrew Jackson ran on a platform that he was going to get rid of the the, the central bank that it was a scourge to you know it was it was, it was a you know a blood-sucking leech to the United, United States of America and that this this bank and it's it's uh, all of its uh, holders, you know, it's a private company. Remember, these central banks are private companies. It's not a part of the federal government. And through his two terms as president, fought what they called the the, the banking war. You know, the the, the war of the, the the banking war of the eighteen twenties and thirties. And Andrew Jackson eventually wins this war. He he uh, takes all the funds out, and I mean, he had to go through three uh, treasury secretaries to get this treasury secretary that would do what he wanted, which is to pull all of the deposits out of the second bank of the United States and put them in state banks and eliminate, eliminate the, uh, the, the second bank of the United States. Now, on top of this, uh, his reelection year, 1832, he was going to, uh, you know, he was going to run on the fact that he was almost, he was this close and we're, we're this close to, you know, winning our country back, you know, reelect me and I'll get rid of the bank. And the bankers thought, 
there's no way that he can win this election off that platform, will pass an early renewal of the bank. And when he, when he you know, if there's no way he'll, he'll veto it. There's, you know, there's no way uh, that that the political pressure of this that, that he'll uh, he'll he'll deny us. So in 1832, before the election, uh, right around the time of Independence Day, July 4th, the Congress and the Senate both pass a early renewal charter of the Second Bank of the United States. They put it on Andrew Jackson's desk, and he vetoes it. Then he gets, and then he wins re-election in, in a landslide, gets rid of the bank. Also, the first president to have an assassination attempt against him after doing so. Brian, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I just want to add one part to the to the private uh, a private owned uh, central bank added insult to injury to injury that it's foreign foreign private owned, as if private owned wasn't bad enough. But I digress. No, that's exactly right. Uh, even the Federal Reserve has foreign owners of of our money system. People don't know this. There is uh, definitely foreign ownership of of all these private central banks. All, all you know, the Bank of China. Do you think it's just Chinese that own that central bank? No. Mm-hmm. Plenty of Europeans and Americans and other uh, other countries' uh, central banks that own pieces of all these other central banks. So. What you got then is uh, Andrew Jackson. They uh, they tried to they tried to kill him. They were so so upset at him. They uh, they you know they, they uh, the guy that went to kill him had two one shot pistols and both of them misfired. It was it was determined afterwards and, uh, that both of those pistols were in full working order. So uh, very interesting about that. So so now okay now there's no central bank well, you know, between 1836. Let's see no 18, yeah 1836. 1836 and uh, up to about the Civil War, about a 25-year period of time, America had one of its most economically fruitful times in its history. America was economically just the, 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 the jewel of the world. Businesses were sprouting up everywhere. The resources were unlimited in America. Uh, it, it was, you know, what, what Andrew Jackson had started and uh, Martin Van Buren continued with his term as president using a golden uh, silver money system. It was just, it was, it was, it was just doing great. But the bank. I like, I like Jason. I, I like how uh, Ron Paul used to stand in front of the Capitol and point back and, and say that that was built without taxes. That was built on tariffs and not, not taxing, which was not, not, not constitutional. And that, and that is correct. I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing about Andrew Jackson I didn't really uh, put in there, which is uh, Andrew Jackson, after taking the taking the deposits out of the Second Bank of the United States and getting rid of it, had surpluses coming in, and he he was the only president ever to pay off the national debt. No president has ever done it. Andrew Jackson paid off the national debt. And he only had two terms in office. Brian, can you imagine any situation where if a president was trying to pay it off, he'd get it paid off in one term? I mean, it can be done, depending on what you do, but I don't see any president's never going to do that. No, it's become such a foreign concept. This it, It's been so normalized, uh, especially in the world of politics, uh, this this whole debt debt system. So there you go. That was Andrew Jackson. Really freed the nation. Uh, and, and then, of course, you have the Civil War. 
all you need to know about the Civil War is that the English and the French were wanting to come back in and get a piece of this. They want they wanted to take possession of the United States again, and they were they were starting to build armies in Canada and, and in Mexico, and uh, they just sort of they sort of stirred the pot. You know, everyone thinks, well, it's a war for you know uh, the South wanted to. But the South didn't like the industrial North, and they wanted to keep more money that was theirs for all their cotton and all of the, you know, all of their assets that they were producing. And it was about slavery. Well, believe it or not, it was really mostly just about money. It was mostly about central banking. A great and destructive civil war. The bankers knew would you know just as we heard before the end of the war for independence and the war of eighteen twelve. They knew that a big destructive war, civil war, would would bring them would bring them right back to a central bank. But then they ran into Abraham Lincoln, like him or not, not like him. What do you hear? What he did? Welcome back, second half Patriot Radio News Hour on this f- f- Friday. Thanks for joining us, Boss Man. We'll be back on the Monday, the Moon Day, that is. Uh, good Lord willing, uh, Jason. It's uh, oh. Never mind. Well, it's National Bobblehead Day. What that has to do with anything, I have no idea. It has nothing to do with anything. Wow. National Bobblehead Day. Boy, I'm, someone's trying to sell bobbleheads, I guess. Yeah, the bobblehead lobby. <laughs> All right. Well, when we left off, <clears throat> we were getting to the Civil War, okay? You'll have to excuse me. My voice is a little little off from my uh, my excursions from the, uh, the uh, what, are they, what are they calling it now, the... Influrona, whatever <laughs> that's what they're calling this thing now, Brian. The influrona. Influrona. Fluorona. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever it is, all I, I, I like. AKA, AKA need more vitamin D. Yeah, but, you know, that's and that's what I've been taking, lots of vitamin D. So, anyways, but yeah, so my voice is uh, a little hoarse right now, and not it's not bad, but I, I it's got that little itch back there, Brian, from uh, pickle. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the Civil War, the Civil War uh, is going to start. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's elected, and, he, and here comes the war, and he's and he's just trying to figure out what am I going to do now because of England and France positioning themselves uh, closely, knowing that there might be some hawks that might want to swoop in and take over as soon as these the North and the South start shooting at each other. He went to the banks of the United States, and he's like, "Look, I need money to, to uh, keep." I need to keep this country together because if we allow this, uh, if we allow the South to secede, the the South will break into petty states and then will be recolonized, and that will not be good for us because all that will be left is the Northern United States, which will be e- uh, very easy to recolonize. So he decided, and it's actually kind of it was kind of non constitutional when he decided to keep the states together, but that's that's a whole other argument. What we're trying to focus on is why. Why the central banks? How deeply involved were they in, in this war? And when when Abraham Lincoln went to the the banks of America, which were in the pockets of the Bank of England Central Bank, they're like, "Hey, Abe, yeah, we'll give you the loans you need, thirty seven percent interest." So Abraham Lincoln went home from those meetings depressed, thinking, "What am I going to do?" And his his uh, Secretary of Treasury is like, well, there was this thing that uh, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, some of these guys in, in Pennsylvania, they were they had this colonial script when England was uh, was just r- r- you know raping them, raping them of all their assets and their money. They came out with this uh, fiat currency, paper currency that was controlled by 
Pennsylvania, it was the history books will tell you that it was a, a colossal failure. It was a resounding success. And you might say, well, that's a, that's a fiat currency. That can't work. Well, a fiat currency can work. Uh, money can be pretty much anything. It's just who controls the quantity. Yep. And what happened was is England brought a bunch of counterfeit script in these ships, and they flooded the market with counterfeit Pennsylvania script and destroyed the currency's value. So Abraham can't Lincoln... Can't let those colonists get too uh, get too big headed now, can't do that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So Abraham Lincoln's like, okay, well, uh, so what? Okay, so we're gonna we'll make the green back. Okay, all my troops and 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 do the the business of keeping this country together, and, and our our guys will be paid. They'll they'll be able to eat. Well, in a war of attrition, we should be able to beat the South uh, with this system, and, and they did. The North won because their troops were well supplied, well fed. Uh, the South had just just the same kind of assets. The South wasn't quite as organized, but the end of the war was America being one country, and Abraham Lincoln came up for re-election at the very end of the war. Now Abraham Lincoln was not. I mean, he, there was an assassination attempt on him right when he was elected that failed, and now we're in times of war. So obviously Abraham Lincoln was, I'm sure, more well protected because he was he became a target constantly from the South. But when he is assassinated, it's right after he's reelected. They didn't kill him before he was reelected. They killed him right after he's reelected. The bankers knew that if, if Abraham Lincoln were to continue to print the greenback, it was going to be a resounding success, and it was going to show the rest of the world that central bankers are not necessary, that the creation of money should come from the country, and the country doesn't need to tax anybody, income tax. They don't need to have a central bank, which is making you borrow the money at interest, you simply print the money you need. And, and this is actually a great way to do it because, Brian, if uh, if the government that's currently in, in, in charge prints too much money and creates inflation, the voters can then vote those people out and get more fiscally conservative, smart legislators to, 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 to shrink the money supply down. And even though you know a, a lot of uh, politicians are greedy and they would want more money, we don't have that ability today. We can't just vote out the fiscally irresponsible Congress people and, and uh, senators because they just reshuffle the deck with their guys. The central bank owns all of them, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. They're all bought and paid for because the central bank has bought everything. If you have no central bank, Brian, the federal government can create the money itself and be in control of its own destiny. We don't have that anymore, Brian. No, and that, that uh, very direct accountability, I mean, you, I, you could say that's, you want to talk about something that's a rare a rare thing, that, that accountability uh, that, that we no longer seem to have, or at least it's been uh, it's been trained out of us. It's been educated out of us very, very efficiently. Precisely, precisely. So, so Abraham Lincoln is assassinated. It, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's Booth, you know, John Wilkes Booth. Well, John Wilkes Booth was through an organization and, you know, you, you trace it back. It ends, you know, the powers that be made sure that that guy went and did that job. So 
the Civil War did not go the way that the bankers wanted it to go. They still did not have their central bank. So now you got the 1860s, you go into the 1870s, now you have a lot of economic strife going on because they're putting a lot of pressure on. The, the bankers are now trying to, to uh, corner the gold market because it's like, well, if we can't have the central bank, then we'll corner the most important part, which is the gold, which can then uh, they can pull the gold out of the market and, and, and create depressions. And then you end up with an election in 1880. The election of 1880 was uh, Ulysses Grant was coming in, and he wanted to be elected. He wanted to be elected for a third time. He, he ran and won two terms. He was a disastrous president. He was a central banker-backed uh, president, which meant his economic policies made us worse and worse and worse during those eight years. Ulysses Grant then, in 1876, decided to retire and go uh, go see the world and you know go into retirement. Well, by 1880, well, we want Ulysses Grant to, to run for president again because man, the bankers sure like a, a clown like that that just does what he's told. Well, an interesting thing happened at the Republican convention. Central bankers, man, they just won't stop. Brian, we'll we'll be right back. Welcome back. Thanks for rolling with us on a Friday. Your co-host, Jason and Brian, standing in today, uh, covering a little uh, banking history, Jason. Yeah, I mean, imagine the frustration. These central bankers from the late 1700s when they had a couple of small charters, 20-year charters that got upended. Really, I mean, they, boy, do they want control of the economy. Man, you, they, we're just these pesky Americans just won't give them what they want, right? And uh, very frustrating for them. Uh, we get to, we get to the year 1880, and, and, and Ulysses Grant is you know a guy that that uh, d- does a good job for 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 the guys that get him elected, and he was the overwhelming favorite to uh, to win the Republican nomination, become a, a third term president. Uh, the, uh, what happened was is there was there was uh, four candidates that were given uh, being voted on. Uh, William Tecumseh Sherman's uh, brother was running, and I mean, I, I can't get the names of the guys off the top of my head, but there, there was four of them. And as the uh, you know, each, each of these candidates had like a, a speaker, a speech for them, and and this guy uh, James Garfield was speaking for uh, Sherman's brother. He did a speech at the convention, and the speech was so good about what America needed to do, how it needed to be free from the control of bankers and and and, and, and a poor, poorly run economic government, that he wanted to uh, go back to the days of Abraham uh, Abraham Lincoln and Andrew Jackson. How, how you know how that's what we need to do? And the speech was so so resounding that uh, you know the first couple of votes. For for the Republican candidate, uh, they, they, you have to get more than fifty percent, and, and uh, you know, uh, General Grant couldn't get it. You know, and so they kept voting, kept voting. It, it went to about thirty-seven votes, I think, is if I was if I'm correct. But they started, you know, ten votes in, fifteen votes in. Suddenly, there started to be votes for James Garfield, who was not running for president. And this is, you know, this is an interesting thing about. Your uh, Republican and Democrat parties is that you you don't even have to run to be voted in at, at that convention. Your Republican and Democrat parties can just choose whoever they want. So they ended up choosing James Garfield. Boy, did the bankers not want that! Because as soon as he became president, he's like, okay, it's 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 uh, we're going to go back to the days of Abraham Lincoln and and, and uh, you know Andrew Jackson. Well, a couple months into his term, you know, pow pow pow, he's shot. 
and uh, he languishes in, in a bed. You know, here's the funny thing about uh, James Garfield, Brian. The doctor that was taking care of him was very foolish. He probably would have left James Garfield alone. He probably would have lived because he, he, he lived for months after that in a hospital bed. But the doctor kept opening him up and looking at the wound and doing all this weird stuff, and he didn't wash his hands. He, uh, germs weren't uh, as known about as they, they were in the, the decades to come, but they were known about it at that level. He just didn't, you know. He was he basically it's a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories are that uh, that doctor was given full control of James Garfield, so that he would actually poison and kill him because it took months for James Garfield to actually die from that gunshot wound, Brian. It sounds similar to uh, how George Washington has reportedly died. Being he got sick riding around, got wet on his horse, uh, bled him out regularly, uh, gave him mercury. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Oops. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, we had we had a anti banker president, James Garfield, only last five months. Bang, 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 dead. You know, the the election of eighteen ninety six, we had uh, William Jennings Bryan running as a a silver candidate versus uh, William McKinley, who was the gold the gold candidate. Well, uh, the bankers got behind William McKinley because they had they were they had a, a vast control over gold at the time. I mean, it was it was a good way to, to control the economy without their central bank. Uh, William Jennings Bryan would have been an absolute, stunningly great uh, president, but he, he lost to uh, William McKinley by, by a little bit. And William McKinley was reelected in 1900, and uh, I think he wanted to free gold too much, and so bang, 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 you know, <laughs> William McKinley was taken out. Uh, William McKinley is a little bit like uh, John F. Kennedy. Once he became the president and started learning about how things actually worked, uh, tried to fix things the way you're supposed to, and uh, they, they couldn't. You know, the bankers couldn't have that, Brian. Well, it's it's interesting because I go back uh, trying to remember the history that I learned from public education, and that there was very little of the the, the motive behind these these various things with with presidents and wars. Uh, definitely was not in, in the books that I was taught from. Yeah, they don't really tell you who is actually uh, to benefit from these assassinations, right? They don't really tell you who benefits from this. No, nope, no nope. intentions and who benefits or K-Bono, that's right. And you have the uh, – so you have William McKinley who was assassinated. He was, an, he was elected, re-elected in 1900. So now you're getting into the you – know, the, the bankers after the Civil War for a good 40 years were really pushing hard to create a situation where the people of America would almost beg for the bank or they would just let their politicians decide for them. So in 1907, J.P. Morgan was the hero. The, uh, the bankers were able to crash the stock market and create economic stress that was massive. And then, and then they said, well, we just, we just need smart banker types that can stop this from happening. I'm J.P. Morgan and I'm a rich guy, and I'm doing well. I'm, I'm going to use a bunch of my fortune to, to save this country, but you guys need to come up with a better way. We need to have someone in charge of this. Isn't that nice, Brian? J.P. Morgan saying, you guys, I'm, a, I'm this great hero. You know, I, I help these, this group of guys uh, crash the economy, you know, the, the, the markets. But we need to come up with something, Brian. We need to come up with something that will fix these problems. That, that was J.P. Morgan's message, Brian. How convenient! Never mind the adage of uh, "to whom much is given, much is much is required, much is expected." I guess he maybe glossed over that. That's exactly right. So, so in 1910, you have the Jekyll Island meetings, 
the secret meeting of the bankers, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the J.P. Morgans, and all the other big families. And they decided how they were going to put their bank into place. And what do you listen to the next few years, how rapidly they put their power into place, no 20-year charter. They knew that they, you know, in the next generation, next 20 to 30 years, everything had to go right for them to permanently control this country through a central bank. We'll finish the show off with that. Everybody stay tuned. Welcome back. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. I nor Jason are not Joe. <laughs> and, and I don't know if we have a special today or not, Jason. No have special. I, uh, man, I'm, uh, we're, we're going to have a special on Monday, I'm sure. We just uh, just uh, buy gold and silver, whether it's on special or not. That's all I have to say. I mean, to me, I, I, I always buy it when, whenever the funds are available. So you can always do that by calling 800-951-0592. Let me finish up this because we only got a couple of minutes here. Yeah, you're. You're. I'm. I'm. I'm glad, Jason, with the history part. It. I, it just doesn't stick with me for some reason. I can't retain it. So I'm glad. I'm glad it does with you. <laughs> well, yeah. I just. Uh, I mean, I don't. I'm really, really good at. at uh, once I understand the whys and the motivations of things, I don't. For whatever reason, it sticks sticks to my brain. But uh, in in, in uh, 1907, you had the crash. In 1910, you had the Jekyll Island meetings where they made their plan. Now, these bankers needed it to go their way and stick. So in in 1912. You had the sinking of the Titanic. The three richest men that were anti-central bank died on that ship, a ship that was owned by J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan, who just got off the ship at the last possible stop before it went over the Atlantic and, and, and crashed. Hershey was on there, and and the uh, and the Jesuit master of of the ship's captain uh, uh, all got off the ship at that last you know, at the last moment, and Captain Smith most likely crashed that ship on purpose. Uh, that was the mission. In 1913, uh, through a, uh, a vote of Congress, they passed the federal income tax law. In the same year, they passed the Federal Reserve Act in the Christmas holiday, and they had their central bank. It was called the Federal Reserve. It sounded like a federal government program. People just didn't really get it. Hey, we got somebody that to help us with our money problems in this country, and then it just went from from you know it went from there, Brian. That we've had a hundred and eight years now. Is it a hundred nine years of this maddening central bank that just robs and steals from us? I mean, from nineteen thirteen to nineteen twenty, there was a market crash. Then there was a boom cycle from twenty to twenty nine. Then there was a market crash, and then it recrashed in thirty three as the depression raged on. They took gold from us at that point, made it illegal. They uh, declared the United States bankrupt. In the Constitution, it really does not exist in the way that uh, in the way that it was written originally, and uh, so on and so forth. You know, uh, 1933, after taking the power from us and bankrupting the country, the uh, World War II was being planned so that the all industrialized nations on Earth would be destroyed completely, and, and they would have no way to uh, deny the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England full economic control of the world brian and that's that's you know we've just limped on from there if, if, if you're if you're anybody of any years of age you know that the 1940s 1950s was probably the height of standard of living in this country it's it's you know from the 60s on brian it's just been slowly the standard of living going down ever since brian it sure has i mean i, I i've seen it uh, in my short lifetime uh it, it's painfully obvious <laughs> 